Today on Gamerhead Radio, gaming under the influence, adult-only ratings, and Shinway, Shinway, Shinway. There, I said it. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Hello and welcome to Gamerhead Radio. I am Jonathan Santiago, aka Fallon Flynn. Morbius for villains, come on! I'm Goat, aka Goat. <laughs> and I am Charlie Technotronic on Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. Hi, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> Goat's weekly <laughs> introduction now is Goat, aka Goat. <laughs> we gotta we gotta put some flavor on it. We gotta sprinkle some flavor on well, it. Well, I like how Charlie put it. I, I might do the uh, Goat, aka publicly known as Goat. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so I think I I think I just miss fancy pants goat. I, I do, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I can bring the pants back. <laughs> we put the, please put your pants back on, goat. Um, I'll bring the pants back before I leave for a couple months. There you go. And welcome everybody, and who's still listening? <laughs> uh, wouldn't wouldn't be a start to a gamerhead radio episode if we weren't talking about being pantsless, <laughs> pantsless barnyard animals. Let's get this pesky coffee table out of here and get a podcast going. Yikes. Um, how are you gentlemen doing this week? Um, good, uh, good, uh, good, <laughs> just good, good, <laughs> good, goat. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a step above good, but not quite excellent. Okay. So you're so, great. Well, busy is yeah, what busy. I use. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'll go ahead and say that I'm fucking tired. That's what I am. <laughs> we played a show as, as seems to be the case when VS Villains play shows, it's always the day before Gamerhead records. So I always come crawling into the, the studio to record uh, like some sort of beaten animal after the show. So it, it's good. But uh, still, still time for gaming this week. You, you uh, can always tell when John played a show within the last two or three days because there's always like a black aura around his there eyes. Is, there it's is. both from lack of sleep and stage makeup. It so. is. <laughs> I have naturally dark circles under my eyes anyways. But this, after we play a show, I, it doesn't matter how it's it's you know what? It's like shame. It doesn't matter how hard you scrub, it just doesn't come off. <laughs> I can't get my stage makeup off. But I digress. Video games are why we are here. So speaking of, why don't you tell us what's coming out this week, Charlie? So coming out in this next week on the second, uh, Class of Heroes 2G, second generation. I'm not really sure what that is. Uh, coming out on the PS3, uh, Heroes of the Storm coming out on Windows and Mac, Lord of Magna, Maiden Haven coming out on the 3DS, and The Escapists coming out on the PS4. On the 4th, we've got Transgalactic Tournament on the PS4, Wander on the PS4 and Windows, Adventures of Pip on the PC, and You Must Build a Boat on PC, Mac, Linux. Don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> That's the name of, it's, yo, You Must Build a Boat. Tell me my Available goodness. on Mac, PC, uh, Linux, iOS, and Android. Um, and then on the 5th, D4 Dark Dreams Don't Die is coming out on Windows. That's, mm. uh, that, that's it this week. By the time this episode posts, uh, you should have a selection of new free games uh, if you are an Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus subscriber. 
on the Xbox Live Gold side of things, uh, for the month of June, your uh, Xbox One offerings are Massive Chalice, which is a double fine release, which uh, we just learned here. We just kind of watched the launch trailer. It looks like a, like it could be real-time strategy slash MOBA slash kind of Diablo-esque. We're not really sure, but uh, it looks interesting. Interesting art, like polygon art style. Uh, and then, again, you have the opportunity to not download Pool Nation FX because just don't. It's horrible. Um and then on the 360 side of things for the first half of the month, uh, you can get Just Cause 2 for free. Um, I've heard a lot of people say uh, great things about that game. And then uh, for the second half of June, from the 16th to the 30th, you can get Thief, um, which uh, it sounds like free is the right price for that game. I remember the reviews for that were not stellar. Um, but uh, Borderline abysmal. Yeah, but uh, hey, for free, uh, price is right. On the PlayStation Plus side of things for the month of June, uh, if you did not get a copy of Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, you can now do that. Uh, on the PS4, you can also on the PS4 get Skulls of the Shogun, Bone A Fied Edition. That's hyphenated. That's why I pronounce it that way. <laughs> I'm not having a stroke. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> on the PS Vita and PS4, you get a cross buy for Super Exploding Zoo, which um, I'm all, all right. Uh, also on the PS Vita and PS4, you can get Futuridium EP Deluxe. On the PS3, you can get a hey, Call of War's Gunslinger. So uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> delightful <laughs> i'm telling you download it just take get it do it it was a lot of fun uh, on the ps3 there on the ps3 i might have yeah. to uh dust that off and see if it still works dude it's cool it's it's i mean it's first person shooter it's simple but it's fun <laughs> and finally on the ps3 uh cloudberry kingdom which looks i don't know fun uh so yeah those are your uh those are your if you are a playstation uh plus subscriber or a xbox live gold subscriber those are your free games for the month of june 2015 awesome except for pool nation yeah pretty much you mentioned Heroes of the Storm. I was at, uh, you know, our, our uh, one-time co-host, uh, Mr. Ricky Keller's house for the uh, uh, Memorial Day holiday. And uh, he has cable. I'm not a cable animal. We talked about that on previous episodes. Uh, but they were playing, like, on repeat between what... Uh, I think it was Drunk History was on. And between commercials, they were playing... Rapid Fire playing Heroes of the Storm commercials. I was really surprised to see that much advertising paid into... Heroes of the Storm, of all things. I think I've missed these commercials. What kind of game is it? Uh, Heroes of the Storm is basically... Um, it's the latest entry into the MOBA gaming world. You know, uh, League of Legends, Dota-style game. Featuring uh, uh, Warcraft characters. Actual Blizzard, Warcraft characters? Blizzard and Warcraft characters, yeah. Oh, is, is it by Blizzard? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Heroes this, of the Storm. this is how untapped am I and into sure, all things sure, World sure. of Warcraft. Sure, sure, sure. It's no problem. But, but, so. but, um, but, but it, <laughs> yeah, it features it. more than just uh, World of Warcraft characters. Like, you know, I think Other licensed characters. properties? or uh, uh, No, just Blizzard stuff, I think. Okay. Um, but I was, you know, for a free-to-play MOBA game, you know, a lot of advertising paid into it. Um, for a game that I've heard is a little, little kind of mediocre, I haven't tried it myself. Kind of curious to see. But that just made me think of it, so. Um... I'm still what? hung up on we, you need to build a boat. So which one of us is going to build a boat? You must build a boat. Yeah, which one of us is building a boat? Uh, I, I, I'll volunteer. I'll build a boat. All right. <laughs> um, I'm too lazy to build a boat. I will just play Assassin's Creed 4 and sail the boat in that game. So I'll make sure that there's a mast for you to climb and then jump off of. That sounds dangerous. I'm just going to stay home and play <laughs> Assassin's Creed 4 and do that. All right. Um, what did you guys play this week? Well, um, played a little bit more of the story of Grand Theft Auto. I didn't get have a chance to get a lot in, but um, of uh, most notable, 
um, is uh, we had our niece over uh, spend the night, my niece Addison, and um, uh, she uh, we, we, we played a couple rounds of Mario Party together and uh, Mario Party 10. And that was a lot of fun. Um, l- let me tell you, especially when we went and we played the Bowser mode and mm-hmm. she was Bowser, of course. That little girl is the devil. <laughs> In the best possible way. Um, you, you never know how maniacal children are until you give them that kind of power. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. She's like, this is the best job ever. <laughs> we, were, we were playing a mini game where, so she's, okay, so if you're not familiar with Mario Party 10, uh, first of all, go back and listen to our uh, review of it a couple episodes ago, or just go get it if you have uh, a Wii U and small children, because that that is the perfect combination. Um, there's a mode that's new to this version where, Basically, you can have five players playing the game. Four players are playing uh, like typical Mario Party style, but the fifth player can play with the Wii U screen controller as Bowser. And so the game is structured so that Bowser is trying to catch you every turn. And if he does catch you, if if he, if he rolls, you know, he has four die. And so if he rolls a, a number enough to catch up with you, then you play a mini game where he's like basically torturing you. And um <laughs> So we were playing a game where Bowser... So so the four of us, the players, are in a giant hamster wheel for some reason. And uh, Bowser is spinning the wheel. And you do this on the touchscreen by, by actually dragging your finger on it and spinning it. And then you can stop and grab it. And, if, and so you have to stay right in the middle because if you go too far, you know, if you go too much either way up the walls, there are lasers that shock you and take away your health points. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that you, you, you switch back and forth between spinning the wheel and then stopping it. Because then as the players, we have to waggle our controllers to run run and then so when you stop it of course then we run into the laser or if we don't run and he starts to spin it then we get rolled back into the laser behind us so it was mass chaos and she was cackling and i was expecting (laughs) ringu to happen and it was um it was it was a lot of fun though Uh, you know i it disturbs me that she thinks that it was the fun job to (laughs) you um because really what, what a lot of people don't realize is anybody who's played the bowser mode will understand that this this game is basically this version of the game is just a small version of what it's like um, to be a politician <laughs> or a middle manager. Um, so she's she may have a future in legislation. Well, um, setting traps and torturing the little people. Her father has run for office. So. <laughs> the tie-in is amazing. <laughs> oh man, a, how could I, I fucking I, possibly I, know that? <laughs> That's perfect. Mario Party 10. It's good stuff, man. Yep. I, I long to play it again. I had fun when we got to play it together. Yeah, it, it should be a good time. Goat. That's it, huh? You just... just... Yeah, I, crazy I, Mario Party Ten, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I know. I I, I uh, meant to get to Game of the new Game of Thrones episode this last week, and I just my my I, I'm doing a lot of prep work for MLP MSP, and so that's just taking up a lot of my time right now. So my my gaming time is limited. You sir are in good company. I uh, did download Game of Thrones and did not get to it, but we'll hug it out later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I need to get it done. Uh, but I did I did house it this week, which is nice because uh, that comes with the PS4. Oh, nice. Oh. So I got to play on Team Blue for a little bit and hammer out things that I could never touch because they didn't come to the right side. Um, <laughs> and by the right side, I mean the one I can access. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I uh, finally got my hands on Axiom Verge. Amazing. But I've I'm a Metroid nothing freak. nothing but good things. I'm a Metroid heard. freak, so I am completely biased and I'm okay with that. Um, you guys can all eat dicks because it was awesome. <laughs> Did you finish it? God no. Oh, okay, <laughs> but you—if I recall correctly—you said this could potentially be a system seller for you. Like you yeah. would buy a PS4 mm-hmm. just for Axiom. Yep. Merch. 
Yeah, and it's it's still what, there. What studio did it? Is there any chance uh, of it, it coming over to Xbox? I don't know. It's a small studio. Uh, Thomas, I want to say Thomas Hayden Studios. Somebody's name is Studios. Okay. Um, I'm almost positive that uh, that's a that's an exclusive. Whether it's timed or not, I don't know. But yeah. I'm almost positive that's a PS4 and and maybe PC, but definitely PS4. Yeah, I just went to PC. I know that. But okay. yeah, I, it's everywhere I'm not. <laughs> so I need to go to it, but I'll buy it. No, it's, it's technically like a like an arcade quote yeah. arcade title, right? But it's it's amazing. It's 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 Metroid, and it's humor, and it's new all together in one little beautiful ball. And it's as close to Metroid as I'm going to get, and I'm taking it. <laughs> and there's there's humor to it. Yeah, I didn't bit. expect that. Yeah, this dude gets dropped in an alien kind of planet thing, and like people are talking to him. He's like, "Who the hell is this?" And yeah, huh. it's all tongue in cheek stuff. Just out of curiosity, did you play Shadow Complex? No. Um, go back on the 316 play Shadow Complex. I remember it's that a live game. title. It's it a, a it's it's a 2.5D game, you know, kind of very Metroidvania style. Okay. Um, put out by um the the studio that did uh, Gears of War, uh, whose name I cannot remember right now. Epic. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, really good game. Voiced, a lot of fun. Uh, main character voiced by Nolan North, who did I mean, uh, Drake. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Right. And Deadpool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yes. In the game, at least. But yes. So all right. So then we went from that, and I tried that Ether one or Ether one. Probably uh, the, Ether. Yeah, Ether yeah. 1. You were calling it either 1 when it came out? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> oh, that's a weird game. Ooh, man. It's like PT and Assassin's Creed had a baby. Because it's, like, it's like creepy and you're like going after this person and it's kind of not it jumpy. Is a third person game? No, it's first person, but you're like walking through. And, and But it's like this whole like you're going into people's minds and you're figuring out why they're, um, they have um, dementia. Oh, that sounds intriguing. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's. I mean, it's maybe lo- it is either one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's 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 different. It's a little slow at points, and it's it's it just it, like I said, it just reminded me of like like take the PT kind of idea where you're walking around, and you're trying to figure out puzzles, mm-hmm. and put it in that going into dreams kind of AC kind of thing going on there. Huh? Interesting. Oh, it was. Oh, I, I got it. Okay, you've piqued yeah. my interest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, right. it was it was it was something. I don't know what yet, but it was something. Right. Uh, and then I tried Auto Mechanical Extended because it was cheap and it was on Xbox <laughs> One. And I have a gamer score, you know. I got rep to keep up here. Uh, fun little game. Uh, you're a robot. You're doing puzzles. It's pretty self-explanatory. And then uh, I'll end it on a short note. I was playing the Fable Legends beta, and that's all I can say about that. Hooray for NDAs! Damn it. So, John. <laughs> um, I didn't get much gaming in this week, as is always the case when we're leading up to a weekend that has a, uh, a show, a villain show. I don't get a lot of time in. It's mostly rehearsals and prep for that. So I, I finished Wolfenstein, The New Order. Finally. Uh, the most recent Wolfenstein game. Uh, it was pretty engaging for the most part. I, I do have a few complaints with it. Um, the 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 gunplay in it, when it's when it works, when it's awesome, it's awesome. When it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. A little bit floaty, kind of to me, a little bit. So, but it, it's it's definitely a good um, a good game. It's solid. I didn't. I don't think I ran into a single bug in the entire game. Um, the frame rate never dropped below sixty, so far as I could tell. It was really sharp. Um, a couple of the villain type characters were pretty horrifying. There's a character named Frau Engel. And uh, she's this just really vile, like, elitist, just, oh, she's horrifying. 
Um, you know, and then the sort of less interesting main villain, his name is Death's Head. And uh, I didn't find him to be as interesting um, as Frau Engel, but it was a good game. You know, I mean, there's some kind of cool boss encounters and uh, the narrative gets better as it goes and you get invested in a few of the characters. It was really uh, very well, uh, very well done, very well thought out. But I will say this, if you ever get to it, if either of you ever play and or finish it, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I hated the ending. Um, I won't say why is not to spoil anything, but the ending bothered the fuck out of me. It didn't ruin the over uh, overall experience for me, but it did bother me tremendously. Um, so another Metal Gear Rising situation? Uh, no, I, I mean anybody that's played it, anybody that's listening, if you if you want to like PM me on Facebook or Twitter or something and and ask me what I thought about it, I'd love to engage you guys in a conversation about it because it was a really fascinating game on a lot of levels. Um, but there were some things that bothered me about it. The music was fantastic, and I don't say that as a, a biased fan of Mick Gordon's music. It was just really well done. It's good good music for the game. Um, I played a very, very small amount more of uh, Mortal Kombat. I've been kind of burning out on that and trying to take a break on that lately. Played um, Arya, the, the final uh, character for Killer Instinct Season 2, dropped this week. Um, so I've toyed with her just a little bit. It's... it's um, I'll need some more time before I can really opine on what I think about the character. Uh, and then I'm trying to go back and finish everything that I've started. Because mm-hmm. I've started about six games and yep. just bounced around between a lot of them. Uh, so now I'm back to Child of Light, which I was talking about in January. <laughs> oh. And uh, I, I think I'm only like an hour away maybe from finishing it. And uh, you know that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be it for me for the moment. I'm going to take a short breather after that and then pick something long to play i just want to play one thing and bury myself in it for a minute so that was it for me this week um i vote for far cry 4 so we can play it in co-op uh that sounds like a brilliant idea i may actually have to do that okay Um, we'll see um so before we get on to the news i want to make sure that you guys know to stick around um just in case you were thinking of doing otherwise uh because we have an interview with uh jared from the gaming under the influence show um if you don't know what that is and especially if you do know what that is you should stick around after the news uh, because we will be talking to him in our feature today but all that being said now that you know what we did this week in gaming let's see what the industry did this week in gaming Okay, starting up news this week, coming in at number five, League of Legends introduces automated system to battle abusive language. So uh, League of Legends publisher Riot Games uh, announced in a blog post this past week that North American players are now going to have access to a new reform system, they're calling it, that works to correct abusive behavior in the competitive online game. So if you're playing a game and you experience abusive language from a teammate or an opponent, you can actually report those players at the end of the match. As usual, you can do that you know, in almost any one of these uh, like MOBA-style games that are coming out. Um, but now a system is going to be in place to automatically process the content of a player's chat messages. So it will validate the report and deliver a reform card. They're calling it a reform card. To the offending player, detailing their negative behavior and punishment uh, they're receiving in hopes of improving their interactions moving forward. So... The, the player first gets a warning that says, hey, this player said that you said did this thing, and, you know, here's a reminder. Maybe you want to be more thoughtful about it, essentially. Just trying to first, the first uh, sort of uh, line of, of action is... To soccer rules. Just to say, yeah, you know. Um, so if a player shows excessive hate speech, homophobia, sexism, racism, death threats, and so on, the system might hand out a permanent ban to the player. Um, that's a quote that comes from Jeffrey Lynn from Riot Games. It's uh, their lead social systems designer. 
How, what, what a cool title that is. Our lead social systems designer. I want that job. That sounds cool. Uh, elaborated in a comment on the blog post. Uh, punishment is supposedly handed down within 15 minutes after a game concludes, but how accurate can an automated system really be? So uh, he goes on to say, in terms of false positives, we recently flew in player support and player behavior team members from all around the world to hand review thousands of chat logs, and we saw false positive rates in the 1 in 6,000 range. So um, they're testing this right now. Uh, There was really no specific word on uh, when they're going to be having it go live, I don't think, here. But uh, the the first people testing it are uh, actual Riot Games employees. Uh, They're the ones that are testing it first, and they'll be the ones that are first reviewing um, all of the uh, the claims that come in for it. So if all goes well, um, they're going to introduce every other region that uh, supports the game as they go. Um, So that's, uh, that's... that's one way to handle it, I guess. You know, we've talked a little bit recently on the show about how uh, how abusive players can ruin an online game, which is why the just released Splatoon last week uh, has no online chat. You know, yeah. oh, you got. I, I I I want that job. I, I want I want to be the tester who like was like John told me to do this and that, and it was very explicit, and I'd like to have him in trouble. And see I'd if like it goes to through. have him in trouble. <laughs> and That's see what if it goes I'd through. Like. <laughs> You know what? Um, I'm really interested in you know I to go back to it the the business title that Mr. Lin holds there. <laughs> that's kind of when you think about it for such a hot button topic in gaming, being you know the, the way that people treat one another and abuse in games, online games, and um, the multiplayer kind of a community. kind of a big responsibility to be a social systems manager and designer. You know what I mean? You have to design a way to try and make the playing field, uh, pun intended, a friendlier place. The battlefield a friendlier place. That's kind of a cool job, man. That's that's almost a responsibility. No, no, that is not a cool job. That That is <laughs> that is the worst idea ever. He has to tell the internet to play nice and make them do it. He well, has a, he has mean, a monu- yeah. monumental task that is almost impossible. The hard <laughs> jobs are often not the easiest ones. But, <laughs> but they're uh, well paid. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody, everybody that's online are wonderful, great people that that would never say a mean thing to anybody else. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like you play uh, one round in Call of Duty. <laughs> that's, that's why I don't do it. That's it. No, no, no. You have to do it, sir. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, everybody I talk to, I know, and they're great people. <laughs> do you uh, do you think that uh, systems like this should be implemented in other games? Is this something you think feasibly can work based on what they're saying here? I mean, they're not providing us with a a glut of information, but do you think this is something that a lot of other, that could set a standard maybe for other games to adopt, Potent- raise the bar? Potentially, I think it's going to all come down to how well it works in practice um, yeah. and just, uh, you know, just how effective it is. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's, it's, I feel like we've had a couple stories recently about different ways of dealing with this kind of behavior. And um, this, so this is just another one. And so I'm just, I'm just happy to see it's being dealt with as the biggest thing, because I mean, like this, you know, the, the anonymous trolls on the internet, just be doing what they do and being how they are. just, it's, it's, you know, it's, I'm all about free speech, but there, there are, you know, there, there's also appropriate speech. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm glad to see it's being dealt with somehow. Excellent. Yeah. I definitely like the fact that the, the haven for miscreants of that is called multiplayer is finally, the, the the developers are finally like not doing that whole oh that's not our problem it's not rated throw it under the carpet they're finally looking under that carpet and seeing what kind of cockroaches have been living and festering in it for several several years I say bring it on you know if they can uh, if they can make it work but but like Charlie said the the proof's going to be in the pudding if if 
you can design a system, but if it doesn't work or there's ways to exploit it oh, or, yeah. or, you know, crash it out, you know, with a bunch of false claims, they're saying one in 6,000 claims. That's a lot. I mean, that's not a lot, I guess, but it depends on whether, whether or not, uh, it depends on how many claims they get. Like they say one in 6,000, but how many, how many false, how many claims do they get a week? You know, yeah. do they only get 6,000 a week, 6,000 a day? You know, yeah. It's hard to say. So that number could be huge depending on how many, how many reports they yeah. get. Well, uh, this is this is the first run of this too. I think we're gonna see four or five, six different people try this. They have to go against the internet, and the, these people are usually tech savvy, anyways. So they get off on breaking stuff like this. So you're, it's gonna be an uphill battle. Well, you know what? We talk a lot lately, it seems, on the show about uh, emerging opportunities, or at least emerging attempts from various companies to try and make online gaming better for people. I think that's that seems to kind of be a common thread we talk about on here, and I think it's because everybody wants that to happen. So I hope it comes to pass, man. You know, I mean, it's certainly never a bad thing to at least try. I'm just glad to hear somebody's trying something, you yeah, know, and even exactly. if it's something new. I mean, even if it doesn't work this this time, maybe this will be the the groundwork for somebody else to take these ideas and, you know, patch the holes where it doesn't work and make big. Either way, it seems like a building block. I hope it works out really well. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's go ahead and scoot on to number 4. Um Street Fighter fans aren't happy, man. Um Capcom is is going to be dumping the version of Street Fighter 4, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4, that they were going to be using um, in tournament coming up. They ported uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 to the PlayStation 4 uh, recently. It did not go well. Um, the The laundry list of problems with the game, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have enough fingers to count right now. Um, Capcom's going to be patching the game. That is not an acceptable... Uh, an acceptable thing to Street Fighter fans, especially Street Fighter fans who've been playing very the various versions of Street Fighter Four for for years now, and it seems a little strange to me that that Sony would, or not Sony, that Capcom would take such strange risks with such an important title to their company. Um, I mean, people were even saying that like on the PlayStation Four version of the game, when you get to the title screen, they were so lazy with these ports that it says press start there's no start button on the the PlayStation 4 controller. Oh jeez. You know what I mean? Like they didn't they didn't change anything. They just ported it over. Uh people are having really bad frame rate issues, uh input lag problems which for a fighting game is just oh, it's just the worst. Um and what made it worse and why people were so upset is that uh it was announced uh just a couple of weeks back that this was supposed to be the version that they were going to be using coming up in competition. Um, a press release came out and there was quotation on the matter, uh, which follows a lot of our more competitive players have wondered how the ultra street fighter four version of PlayStation four will affect them. And the tour, a spokesperson wrote through Capcom unity to that. We'd like to advise that the integrity of the Capcom pro tour is a top priority for us. And we will continue to work with tournament organizers worldwide to ensure that the highest quality event will be run. Um, they went on to say each region will maintain its current hardware standard for the remainder of the 2015 Capcom Pro Tour until otherwise announced. We will keep you updated as to when the PS4 version of Ultra Street Fighter 4 will be integrated into the Pro Tour. Now, it was supposed to be part of Capcom Pro Tour. It was announced as being so. So I don't know if it was just an issue of uh, quality control or checks and balances, but it slipped through there somewhere. It was just like, yeah, just put it on there. I don't know if... if 
somebody at Capcom just assumed that because it's a top-notch, you know, AAA title that people love, that it would be in top-notch AAA shape, but that was not the case. Um, you can look up on YouTube a myriad of, uh, you know, captured video, uh, the problems that people have had with the game. Um, and, and professional pro players are saying it's virtually unplayable. There's so many issues with it. So, so one might say that Capcom is taking fans of this game and is going to take them for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Let me tell you what the problem (laughs) with that is. One, I feel like that is the, that is the musical equivalent of, of trying to eat just one potato chip. Now that you've said it, I want to sing it. I just want to fucking... Hills if, are alive if, with the if, sound of music. Sing if, it. If if only I had a recording of you singing that song on this very podcast. I'm gonna take you for a ride. I'm gonna take you for a ride. I'm gonna take you for a ride. <laughs> you dropped it in, you fucker. <sighs> Charlie's a nice guy. They said. I'm I'm fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. That, that's called exploiting your powers for evil, sir. That's what that is. You know what? Right now you're the devil because you have a Technotrona horn. Um, wait, so, wait a live action Bowser there. That's true. He did it. He did it. It's good. This is um, the best job ever. If you have a god complex, get into production and editing, people. That's, <laughs> it's, that's kind of true, actually. Under normal circumstances, I'd argue with you, but after what I just said, I can't. So. Oh, it tries like it doesn't matter. I'm a tiny god, you know. <laughs> um, uh, you should not be allowed to have that much power, sir. Um, we've talked a lot about, and recently, broken games. Um, it's not often you see a perfectly functional, very, very good game, very respected game, suddenly become broken. Um, that doesn't happen very often, especially from a company like Capcom. Like Capcom may have a history of putting out nickel and diming existing franchises, but they're, they don't really put out broken games very often. Um, not a smart move. Not a good thing. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think about this? Do you think it was lazy on their behalf? Do you think they were just going for the cash grab? I mean, they would have had to have known that Street Fighter players were going to throw a shit fit over not being able to play the game properly. Well, I, I think there's there's two scenarios here that could play out. One, it was the cash grab and they threw it down. Two, I think the more likely scenario was like, oh, we'll just port it over. It'll be fine. Everything's cool and great. And they didn't expect like it not to go well. And by the time it didn't go well, it was too late. And they were getting the heat from the people they didn't want the heat from to begin with. Look... <laughs> If they would just listen to what we're saying, if they would just <laughs> listen to Gamerhead Radio, stop putting on broken games. That's it. That's it. Just, yeah, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. I think this is an accidental broken. Accidental it runs like a dream. Not, it, look, you don't take something that has as as respected and as dedicated of a following as Street Fighter. Street Fighter is not one of the little series. Street Fighter is like a lot of people might argue that in the world of gaming, most or fighting games uh, rather. Fighting games wouldn't be what they are without Street Fighter. That's kind of irrevocable. Like, they are the king of the fighting game, you know, crop, you know. But take more care with something that's so loved, you know. Maybe a second or third review of it before you say it's okay. I, you know, I, look, I, I would, I was interested in picking it up when I get a PlayStation Four, but until it's fixed, like I find, like I almost have this list of games that I want but refuse to play until they're patched. 
That, that's that's by it's bothersome to me that that list yeah. is growing. Well, Ori's off of it, thing. so you got that going for you. I know yeah. that's the one game I've been able to cross off off of that list is Ori. Yeah, so I, I, um, I, I, it, on my side, it just sounds like pure laziness, frankly. I mean, like I don't understand it from from everything you're saying. They did not QC this because if they did, some half of this would have come up at least. That's how I feel. They so. would have at least seen it said start. They yeah, <laughs> they would have changed out the start button to <laughs> formerly known as start. Uh, that's true. The yeah. artist formerly known as start. All right, I'm going to go ahead and move on here. Number three, Gearbox dropped from Aliens Colonial Marines false advertising lawsuit. Now, bear with me. This is going to require a little bit of a wind-up to get this pitch out here. Um, anybody who, who knows anything about this scenario knows what a mess uh, Aliens Colonial Marines was when it uh, was released. The short version is Gearbox Software, um, developers of... Um, the Borderlands series, or, you know, some of the Borderlands series, rather. Um, we're working on Colonial Marines, which was supposed to be a direct sequel uh, to Aliens. Um, that game was showcased at E3 a couple of years back and showed amazingly. Like, super ambient lighting, really great textures, and absolutely in the demo they showed in E3, completely captured the vibe of aliens and anybody who's an aliens fan, myself included, it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time. We're just jumping up and down with excitement over this. What they released historically for anybody who hasn't played it, what they released is like that section of that demo that was shown at E3 exists in the final game. There are side by side comparisons of the before and after, and it is shocking You've seen this before. Ubisoft did some of that with Watch Dogs. We've talked about that. Um, 2K did it with, uh, you know, Bioshock Infinite changed a lot graphically over time. And, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed Unity looked a little bit better in, at the E3 demos. You see companies do this smoke and mirrors like bait and switch. Never this extreme. It was tremendous, you know. Um, it damaged Gearbox's credibility to a degree. And Randy Pitchford, um, head of uh, Gearbox who had a, a great reputation prior to this happening, kind of really harmed his credibility, um, you know. And, and so there was a lot of damage done before lawsuits started popping up. Some people felt that uh, the the game was heavily falsely advertised. And uh, one particular lawsuit has gone way up the totem pole here, has gotten a lot of uh, attention over the course of the last year and a half or so. Um, so kind of... Fast forwarding to now, what's happened is is um, court documents obtained uh, by Polygon, who originally published a story that uh, that we're reading out here, uh, revealed that Gearbox Software was dropped from the lawsuit regarding the misrepresentation of 2013's critically panned shooter, Aliens Colonial Marines. Gearbox Software says that they outsourced a portion of the game to a Chinese company to assist them in making sure that they met their milestones and deadlines. What they handed in, what this this uh, third party company handed in to them was, uh, I mean, it was abominable. I have the game. I've played it. I paid nothing for it. Uh, thank you. Due to a uh, loophole in Newegg's, um, uh, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, what is it? Uh, pre, uh, rebate policies. Mm. I paid nothing for it. Played it and one. It was one of those train wreck scenarios where I had to see if it was as bad as everyone said it was, and it was. It, it's just, it's just broken. It's bad. Um, so 
They've been trying to get themselves out of this lawsuit, Gearbox, since last summer. So the Northern uh, District of, of California court also ruled to remove the suit's class action status. A judge said that the suit's definition of the gamers who made up the class was not specific enough. And what's more, because Colonial Marines was advertised through a range of videos and presentations, it would be difficult to pin down which ones were misleading and which ones were not. That, in my opinion, is horseshit. That is if you the the only thing it's one of those things where if you know nothing about gaming, maybe you could claim that, which I don't expect a, a, a judge, you know, Supreme Court judge to have any sort of bearing on that. But if you followed any of this, you know exactly which video was misleading and it was the E3 show showing, which is what hyped the game, which is what got it on the cover of Game Informer, which is what got it all over everybody's top of most excited list online for a while. That's bullshit. No, no, no. That's a great legal department. Oh, God. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) Well, at any rate, um, the lawsuit's now being represented by the two gamers who originally filed the complaint. So they're in settlement discussions with Sega, who actually um, published the game. Gearbox developed it, and Sega published it, and have until June 3rd to notify the court of how they want to proceed. So these people who were suing for misrepresentation... um, these people have spent the last year and a half here uh, trying to get this moving forward and have been stonewalled and have been announced, you got to settle with Sega. Whatever you and Sega are going to do, do it, and just let's not waste any more time on this. So um, the backlash for this game started before it even came out because once people started getting early review copies, like people were going, uh... <laughs> This is not this is not what everybody said it was. This is not what we saw a year ago. Um, I, I urge you uh, listening at home to look this up because this is probably the most stark example of, of bait and switch, whether it was intentional or not, that you will ever see in a game. Um, and while a lot of video game lawsuits come up and uh, like the Killzone came up about the resolution not being true 1080p, mm-hmm. that to me is that's too much. This... This I feel is, like these people actually had a case. This, this, this is like, like Craigslist bait and switch stuff. Well, the thing that's funny about it is, is um, even, even after the game was like, you know, reviewed poorly and Sega went to bat and, and tried to defend the game. Um, Sega tried to throw gearbox under the bus by saying that they were concerned that gearbox wasn't investing enough, uh, enough effort into the game. Um, so when complaints were originally filed that the trailers for the game published pre-launch were misrepresentative of the final game, Sega flat out admitted that the videos could have been misleading. So they, they literally just shoved Gearbox's body right in front of a moving train, man, and said, that's them, not us. Uh, like, Sega doesn't have enough problems. Sega, you can't. It doesn't matter. Everybody's played Sonic Boom. Uh, yes, I'm going to keep making Sonic Boom jokes until you put something good out. <laughs> yes, yes, but Gearbox has got more money than Sega right now to uh, take a hit. I think yeah, Sega's maybe. on their last leg. Maybe, maybe. Well, either way, um, you know, I don't think it's too much to ask for people to say, just just give, it what, give us what you said you were going to give us. I mean, if you're going to give us more, great. If you're going to give us less, maybe be uh, a little more upfront about the possibility that that could yeah, happen. Give us a little heads up on it. Yeah, but don't, don't you know. Just don't. <laughs> don't do that. It's gross. Please. Thank you. Or they'll sue you. <laughs> All right, moving on to number two. Twitch bans adult-only rated games from streaming. We talked, I think it was last week, about uh, the first 
sort of truly AO rated game. I think yeah. in the United States, um, Hatred is going to be coming out. And this is Twitch getting ahead of the curve. Probably so. <laughs> Probably so. Um, they wrote in their official blog, uh, previously we made game-specific decisions about which games would and would not be available for broadcast, sometimes due to overtly sexual content, sometimes due to gratuitous violence. Um, this is unsustainable and unclear, generating only further confusion among Twitch broadcasters. We would like to make this policy as transparent as possible. So uh, Twitch says it's updating its rules of conduct to, quote, create a safe, welcoming, inclusive community platform where everyone can feel comfortable and have fun. There are very few titles rated by the ESRB that have been hit with an AO rating. Uh, ratings board website currently lists 26 titles, which I did not realize there were that many. I, I thought that was a much shorter list, um, which is, you know, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was on there um, because of sexually explicit material. Um, so if if that's the case, technically, technically, you can't stream Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on there, even though Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto Five is way more graphic than San Andreas. On yeah. a sexual level, I mean, technically, Witcher, uh, both Witcher 2 and 3 have been <clears throat> oh, a lot God. more yeah, there's, open there's and honest everywhere. about sexuality. So it, it seems kind of like a slippery slope. You're not going to allow AO games, but you'll allow games with worse content in them to be streamed. Yes, but that's not their problem. That's... Whatever the SRB gives them as a rating, it, it, that that doesn't have anything to do with Twitch. I still say this is all for one game. That's going to be a huge problem. Now, some of the games that they were specific about listing were kind of surprising to me. Um, Manhunt Two will not be allowed to be streamed. I mean this this list this list runs the gamut of age. Okay, so Manhunt Two is not allowed to be streamed. This next one. Not only surprised me, but kind of offended me a little bit. Um, Fahrenheit, Indigo Prophecy, Director's what? Cut is not allowed to be streamed. Why? They don't state, but they say it's not allowed. That that bothers the shit out of me but, but because why? that game is, um, for its time, was a masterpiece. And there's nothing particularly adult in it. There's there's a like some suggestiveness and a little bit of like violence. So nothing Duke Nukem. Nothing Duke Nukem. Nothing I, again. I'll go back to it, nothing that isn't in fucking Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, huh. You, you. Let I me mean, to to drive the point home on that. In Mortal Kombat X, you see testicles explode, <laughs> <laughs> exploding balls. It's okay. But Stream you away. Can't play Indigo Prophecy on there. I. Okay. Now, is um, it specifically the director's cut? It says Fahrenheit Indigo Prophecy director's cut. So maybe something made it into the director's cut that's just too goddamn lewd, but. I went back, actually, when I talked about playing my, my original Xbox last week and I went on my classic Xbox Rampage, yeah. I played that. And I was it was still enthralling, by the way. That game was still really good. It's yeah. aged very well. Um, they also, And, of course, Hatred is on there. They also said that Second Life would not be allowed on there, which is really strange because that's a dirt-old sort of like social MMO-type thing. Um, BMX Triple X, if you remember that hilarious Oh, shit. I love that game. <laughs> and Sakura Spirit, um, based on their content. Uh, there is a, uh, uh, for anybody who might be curious, though, um, the ESRB does have a full listing on their website of all of the AO titles on there. There's a, that, that list of 26 they talked about are on there. Um, it makes me wonder, 
do you guys think that um do you guys think that it's it's certainly up to to twitch they're allowed to police their own service but do you think it's wrong for them to to be so stern about ao ratings when they are there are not even arguably much worse games being streamed right now as we speak on there based on content See, I'm going to go conspiracy route on this. And, 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 and I don't know. It makes sense in my head. Hatred's coming out. It's going to be popular. Everybody's going to want to stream it. They don't want that on their server, but they can't just say that game because then that's discriminatory and they can. that's a big lawsuit. So they have to throw a couple extra people around it to make it look good and generalize it so it's not picking on one person. I think it's just a, a quick move before disaster strikes on Twitch's part. So, okay. Um... I think what Goat was saying before is is what it comes down to. It's they need to draw a line in the sand. If that line in the sand is AO rated games, then they have to they they aren't rating games themselves, and they can't make exceptions because that opens too many doors. So if the ESRB is rating things weirdly, um, that's that can't be on Twitch to make exceptions for because, like I say, that that just opens too many balls of wax for them. So if they basically just need to say is like whatever the ESRB rates something. If it's AO, we're just not going to have it. We're not going to question it. We're just going to put our hands up and say nope. Um, and uh, because I get, I get that. I understand if that's if that's what they want to do. Um, you know, they are. I, I I don't call this censorship because um, you know it's not stopping people from playing the games. It's not stopping people from broadcasting the games. They just can't do it on Twitch. Twitch. I just is, mean the broadcasting part of it. Obviously, you know the the. The games themselves, that's not censorship. Yeah, um, but even even still, like, you know, it's... I, I don't want to make this way too, you know, too political. So just skirting that territory, personally, I think the word censorship is thrown around way too much. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, you know, like when you're beeping somebody out on TV, you know, something like that. That's, to me, that's not the ideal of like what censorship is. Censorship is about like suppressing ideas and, and uh, you know, telling somebody that they can't like express themselves or something like that. It's entirely possible to communicate your feelings without cursing, for example. So, you know, just asking somebody. Yeah, I know, Goat, you're a different story. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, for normal people <laughs> to express themselves without uh, without uh, without curse words, so you know, asking somebody to just simply not curse is not suppressing their their ability sure, to sure. communicate. So, two very different conversations here. Um, so you know, they're just they're just deciding the customers that they want to have and the content that they want to carry, and sure. you know, allowing AO content is. Um, I think probably just going into the thorns too much and they just don't want to be in that business. And I get that. And so until they are rating games themselves, um, you know, like I already said, just uh, having exceptions opens up too many too many doors for trouble. And so they just go off whatever the ESRB says. Just leave it at that. I got two points and we'll wrap it up perfectly. One, there's probably 26 people who are still playing those games who want to stream them. Not a big loss on Twitch's part. Yeah. No, the no, other no. half is I need to buy 26 new games. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, a couple of, that would be an interesting collection. This is my AO yeah. collection. Yeah. Um, good luck finding the fucking Playboy screensaver game. <laughs> game, quote game. It's, or um, the one that was just released as a DVD. I would love to look into that. It's going to be hard to find those themes. All right, so wrapping up news for this week at number one, um, Nintendo is doing a Humble Bundle. <laughs> ah! It's just amazing. Um, more of this, please, everybody. <laughs> yes, more of this, please. Sony, Microsoft, take note. Here's the thing. Um, before you get, before you get crazy excited, it's not, you know, it's not all a bunch of AAA titles, but that's not the point. Anybody who follows Humble Bundle, for those of you who don't know what it is, Humble Bundle, um, allows you to kind of pay what you want for game, the games that are being offered in that bundle. 
Um, if you pay above a certain price, you get extra games. Um, sometimes you get extra games and like sometimes the soundtracks for games, depending on, uh, you know, what sort of bundle the publishers put together through. Occasionally they'll have shirts and other merch. And yeah, so they do. It's really cool. I've Very got cool. a ton of games on there. You register an account, you keep the account and you keep all of the keys for the account that you have. I still have them. You can go back and use them or redeem them or give them away as gifts or whatever you want to do with them. And the absolute best part of the humble, bun- humble bundle, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. and the reason why I've bought pretty much every single one is because whatever money you that you are spending on said humble bundle, um, you are then given the option to decide between the developers and whatever charity or yeah. charities are being supported that particular with that particular bundle and uh, a tip for the humble bundle company themselves. Mm-hmm. And you can decide how you want that money to be divvied up. Yeah. It, you it can all go to the developers. It can all go to only one of the charities. If you just mm-hmm. want to support them, it, they don't care. It's, you can, there's like little sliders yep, and you yep. can take your dollar amount, the total, whatever it is. Yep. And you can use the sliders to distribute the amount of money to each of the three things: the humble bundle tip, the developer, uh, and then the um, you know the the charity. Right. You know, and often you know I'll I'll make sure everybody gets a little something, but it, I always tip it towards the charity side. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you pay above the average amount, then you usually get redemption codes. So this traditionally for like mobile games. Steam, um, Origin, like PC gaming and, and mobile gaming is largely what this is for. And they do like, there's different types. There's like Humble Bundle books. And, but yep. for gaming, which is where it started, um, it's been a huge success. I mean, it's really, when THQ was filing for bankruptcy and they were like going under, they were able to stave off some of their, their closing legal costs by doing like the like a THQ humble bundle and it sold through the fucking roof and they paid some of their legal fees with that. Yep. So it helped cushion the blow of the death of THQ on the way out, which is a cool way to do it. But consoles have not participated in in humble bundle like this. This is this is a first time thing. People are really excited about it because it's it's opening up the possibility Nintendo doing what Nintendo does and going out on a limb, taking risks, trying something new sticking their foot in the door and giving other people the opportunity to come through is an awesome thing. So, um, to give you guys an idea, um, outside of the Americas, you can't participate. Um, if you're outside of the United States, they're only doing it in the Americas. Okay. Um, that's probably because of Nintendo, not because of humble. That that is because of Nintendo. Um, so, to give you an idea of what you can get with the Humble Bundle, um, you can you can get uh, Guacamelee Super, Tur- uh, Super Turbo Championship Edition for the Wii U, and uh, we've we've joked around about it just because of the, the pronunciation of the name on the show here, but whoa, Dave! <laughs> uh, and Mighty Switch Force for the 3DS. So, this is a Nintendo Humble Bundle, but it does not limit you to just the Wii U. It's 3DS and Wii U mixed titles. Um if you pay more than $10 or the, the current average is like around $924 or 900, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very humble Whoa. at all. <laughs> Woo, a little, uh, a little diarrhea of the mouth there. You can um, buy three Wii U's, but get these bundles. <laughs> oh my God. That was the worst case of whack poo brain I've ever had. Um, $9 and 24 cents was Much the average when I looked at it this morning. That is a lot more humble. Um, then, then you can get uh, Stealth Inc. Two, a game of clones, um, and both the Wii U and 3DS versions of Steam World Dig. Um, if you pay over the average, um, which is which they were saying is nine bucks, um, you get uh, The Fall, Oli Oli uh, for both the Wii U and 3DS, and Moon Chronicles. They're saying more games are coming for it though. 
So, I mean, 10 bucks is going to net you all of that stuff. 10 for 10 is I did the math. Jesus, man. And you know what? Realistically, that's you're used to seeing that on mobile platforms and even like Steam sales sometimes. This does not happen for consoles. No. Man. Especially like Nintendo. Yeah. All people participating in this. We've talked before about how much we wish like Steam style sales would come to consoles. And so this is. They're this listening. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, gamers. Uh, we're, we're go, we'll go ahead and take credit for this one, too. <laughs> you know, the thing, though, is is that uh, with Humble Bundles, is their they're limited window. Um, you, they don't go on forever. And uh, this was a, uh, a story that was published earlier this week, so some time's already been burned off of it. So as of the, uh, the recording of the show, um, you have eight days, 15 hours, and 27 minutes to, uh, to purchase your Humble Bundle, okay, before it runs out. Which now, I believe will put that on June 8th. That's correct. It puts it on June 8th, so you have to have that done by then. Now, good news for Nintendo people who like Nintendo but don't own their current systems, like myself... Um, you get the redemption codes for the eShop. So you can, you can, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to hold on to the codes. And when I do get a Wii U and a 3DS, this is a built-in startup library. I have a library of games for both the 3DS and a Wii U before I even own them. And I paid 10 bucks for them. Mm -hmm. If you don't buy these, even if you buy them, buy them to give copies of your, copies of them to your friends. And then, and you're still giving money to charity. Yep. Be a good person, and, man. And, and even then, parents, here's a great idea. Get this, and you know that niece and nephew that you that, that plays video games. You don't know what to give them for the holidays or birthdays. You've got ten things. You're good. That's insane. You know, <laughs> who doesn't want this kind of joy in their life? <laughs> Sega fans. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so sad. And uh, yeah, and I mean, you're you're paying you're paying whatever you want. So I mean, but I mean, really, if you want uh, if you want to get all the games in the bundle, ten bucks really for eighty eight dollars worth of games. But if you want, you can have all that money go to the charity, which in this case is Code.org. Uh, Code.org is uh, the description on the site is that they're a nonprofit dedicated to expanding participation in computer science by making it available in more schools and increasing participation by women and underrepresented students of color. Core.org's comprehensive approach represents the vanguard of effective integration of computer science into the core of public school education. Uh, our vision is that every student in every school should have the opportunity to learn computer science. I mean, how great is that? I mean, it's, you know, it's save yourself two trips to Starbucks this next week. Do this instead. If you, yeah. Even if you don't even own a freaking Nintendo, like yeah. Goat said, give the codes to somebody else. Yeah, gift them. And help out an awesome charity. Shit, I mean, like, register awesome. two or three accounts, buy it three times, give to charity three times, give three, keep one set for yourself, give the other two sets you, away. You don't even need to register multiple accounts. God There's sakes. a gifting system built right into Humble Bundle. When you buy it, you can say, this is a gift, just email me the codes and it won't associate them with your account. Now and it sounds like we're else. shilling this, like we were paid to say this. No. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Let me tell you what this is. Um, there are not a lot of things in life that are uh, no strings attached and just as good as they seem to be. But there is, if you can find something wrong with this, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> this hey. is foolproof, man. Well, well, to put this in perspective, I bought it. No problems. No questions asked. Charlie put it in our private feed. And what was it? Like three minutes later, I'm like, done. Done. Yep. yep. Because yep. I was like five games for the road on my 3DS. Yeah. Uh, perfect timing, perfect thing, yep. moving on with my life. <laughs> our, our resident angry barnyard goat bought it <laughs> before any of the rest of us did. So, um, yeah, it's it's a winner, man. I hope this opens up the door for Microsoft mm -hmm. and Sony to get yeah. in there and do yep. some of this, too. Because, Absolutely. And 
considering that you can get codes now for like you know it, you'll, you'll, you're 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 never going to see a humble bundle have like the newest Call of Duty. I mean that's not going to happen. No, 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 no. But um, having like the older stuff and like indie titles and stuff like that. I mean that's what this is for, and it's awesome. There have been some very high profile humble bundle setups though. There where, have. Like, when THQ did it, yep. I mentioned again, like it was like all well, the Saints Row games. That's and a, a little bunch bit of, of a different. It's a little different, <laughs> you know. But but there have been some better things in there too. I mean yeah. the list of things I've gotten. Um, I thought this was kind of cute yep. because whenever they do like they'll do independent ones or the you know major developers or something like that, and they typically call it like hum- humble indie bundle mm-hmm. if they do the independent ones they're calling this one the humble nindy bundle because <laughs> oh. Nintendo is yeah, yeah. It's, it's adorable yeah there there is literally nothing wrong with this ten dollars. 10 games, and it's all those games you've been looking at the eShop where you're like, I don't know, I kind of want to check it out, but I don't want to pay $10 for it without a trial. I already have Guacamelee. I have it because it was a free Games of Gold game a while back on Xbox One. I don't care. The more more games spread across, the more platforms. Who cares, man? Free games. Damn near free games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's gonna do it for news this week. It it, it makes my heart warm <laughs> to end it on a charity video uh, games in everyone's face. A high Nintendo note, a rarity lately. Mm, that's true. <laughs> and goat's uh, goat's heart swelled two sizes that day. It'll go back down. Still makes it uh, <laughs> medically unsafe with <laughs> how small it is. But but, but it's, it's progress nonetheless. It's an allergy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So this week we got an opportunity to sit down for the first part of our feature to talk with Jared Hoffa from Gaming Under the Influence. Um, if you're not familiar with Gaming Under the Influence, it's a, uh, a fairly new uh, video game themed live show that they, they stream every Friday. They, their website describes it as a live, weekly, internet-broadcasted game show where three contestants compete in video games against Nerf guns, smoke machines, alcohol, and online polling cage match style. There's a lot of this going on tonight, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, if you can find something wrong with this, there's something wrong with you. Um, it, it, we've had an opportunity to, to, to check out a recap of the first episode of the show, and it's, it looks like a damn lot of fun. And yeah. that, was, that was a recap. That wasn't even the full shebang of everything that goes on there. Um, Jared was kind enough to take a little bit of time out of his schedule to, uh, to sit down and talk with Charlie and I. Um, about uh, the show, you know, kind of where it comes from, and uh, a little bit about what people can expect um, in terms of, of, you know, what they're going to be getting with they, when they watch the show, how you can attend the show, um, and, uh, and man, drink, drink for free, yeah. you know, <laughs> for God's sakes, while you're watching and enjoying video game-related anything. So, uh, you know, that's uh, very, very cool. Yep, so here's that interview, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, so uh, I'd like to welcome Jared Hoff to the show. Uh, Jared, how you doing? Good, very good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Gaming Under the Influence. How did that come about? Like, what is it and uh, how did it get started? That's interesting, wild, crazy story. I mean, but that's fitting for the type of show it is. I've been doing it for two years. Uh, it, it, came, it came across with a few things. I think the, the first thing uh, that came across my mind is I love video games. I never was a big fan of watching video games uh, online. I just couldn't do it. So... About two years ago, I actually went to South Korea, and I got to see their esports and, and see uh, what they do there. And what was interesting is it's huge there, obviously, the, the commentating even, you know, two or three years ago. Uh, but then right across that studio was another even bigger studio, and they were doing something. It was a show called Gag. So it was an improv show, uh, and it was it, they filled the audience with 500 people. It was broadcast on TV. So when I came back to the States, 
I started thinking of, well, is there a way to combine the two? Maybe there's a way to combine the improv ability with the video gaming. Uh, and that's what I started, and that was uh, 2012 was the first show we ever did uh, when we were going bar to bar, which now it's, it's, a, it's a much different show, but that was the beginning and the origins of GUI, and, uh, and then it just kind of escalated from there. So if somebody were to tune in now to watch uh, GUI, what would they what would they expect? <laughs> well, hopefully they'd say holy shit because that's pretty much <laughs> what, that's pretty much what we're hoping for, to be honest. Uh, so, like I said, I, I wanted to do it so the, the whole the whole thing is, and my whole motto is, it's a show with video games, not necessarily a show just about video games. So what they'll see is every show it's three contestants. It's a, anywhere from a thirty-five minute to a four, uh, forty-minute show. Uh, so what they're doing is they're playing they're playing video games in a cage match style. So they're literally like on a stage with like fence and all this craziness. Uh, and what they have to do is just, they don't just have to play video games. They have to compete in video games, but they're also competing against all kinds of other stuff, such as having to play flippy cop before running up on stage. Uh, <laughs> and there's also a lot of interaction that happens. So okay. for instance, I, I I designed uh, Nerf guns that mount to the sides that we can shoot them if people vote online for these things that happen. So the audience is a huge part. The online interaction is a huge part. I pretty much took everything from my experience in TV, and I said, this is a show I've always wanted to watch, so I made it. Uh, and, it, you know, stuff falls in their head. I don't know if you guys saw a recent one, but uh, we had ping pong balls fall in their heads. The newest episode this Friday, we filled these drop boxes with toilet paper. Uh, so the whole thing is just really just supposed to be fun, interactive, uh, and get people thinking differently about watching video games. Nice. Um, so where uh, where do you guys get your contestants and the, the audience from? Like, how, how does that all work? So the great thing is, and, the, and I think the big promotion for us in GUI is, it's every Friday uh, in our studio. So as far as getting attendance, uh, our, what we do is we just we pretty much put a call out. It's it, we hit about you know, there's about 50 people that we can put in attendance. You sign up on the site. It's right there. You just go and click attend. Uh, if you get invited, it's free drinking and free gaming the entire time. So you get there at 8, you drink and game for free. The show starts at 9, runs till 10, you have an hour, and then that's it. We close down. Okay. So it's entirely free for the audience to drink, entirely free for them to game uh, once they're there. So it's, it's we call it, it's the new pregame of Chicago because now you can do something, and then you can go out after and do whatever you want. So uh, that is kind of what, that's our, that's our strength, and that's the cool part about the show. Uh, so you, as long as you're obviously 21, you know, you just go to the site and click attend. Cool. So, um, aside, so I know you mentioned, uh, like, you know, non-video game related activities. What are some of the actual video games that, uh, contestants will be playing on screen? So we play, the big thing that we call it is it's easy to play, hard to master. Uh, so we'll play things like, uh, Sports Friends is a huge one. We've been doing that a ton. Like Barry Barry Ball and Joust. And actually the creator of that, Noah, he actually just emailed me. He said he heard about the show. He's really pumped that we're using it. So it's games that are really fast. The rounds are five-minute rounds, so we need games like that. Okay. Uh, indie games are great. We actually did, in you know, in light of uh, the Blackhawks, on Friday we did Hockey Fights, which is this really hilarious game where, like, you just it's, – it's like a cartoon style. And you just beat the shit out of each other. That's all you do. It's one player versus one player, and that's it. You know, the rounds are really quick. So, yeah, anything like that uh, is the games that we'd like. Uh, it's game, and games that are fast, games that people can look at and know the score – uh, I think that's one thing where people who aren't necessarily used to watching games on the screen, if they don't know the game, they, you know, they tune out because they don't understand how the scoring works. So sure. we made it very clear that, okay, this person's winning because that person fell down or there's a score, so that sort of stuff. 
Okay. You know, it, it's funny. When we were watching the uh, – we did uh, watch the highlight reel from the first episode that you guys have up on the uh, – on the website there, and some of the games almost, uh, you know, they, they were, like, the game types were familiar, but we didn't recognize the games themselves, so the, are, are any of the games that you're playing, like, custom-made for you guys, or are you, are, you, are you basically just, like, finding indie, like, indie games to kind of feature? Yeah, we're doing, right now we're doing a lot of indie games, so, okay. so like I said, it was, I think it was Sports Friends and, like, Xbox indie games. Uh, I would love, and in the future it would be fantastic to have some program for us, but I know right now we're in the works of talking to even local Chicago uh, game developers because we really want to encourage that, really want to be part of that. And honestly, and we've talked about this, uh, my team has talked about it, if there's a mainstream game that works for GUI, we're not against using it. Uh, it's just, we just like knowing that we're supporting indie artists and we're, and we're bringing light to games that people aren't used to seeing. And it actually, you know, if you want to see Call of Duty, you can go, there's a million Twitch streams out there to watch it. And that's sure, not what we're yeah. doing. Absolutely. So, so you guys are um, your, your your episodes are on every Friday night, correct? Yes. Okay. And then, so if somebody wanted to come and uh, participate um, or or view in the episodes, you said that they'd sign up on the website. Is that right? Yeah. So here's the thing: the if if people are interested in attending the show, they just go to the site, click attend, uh, and there's just a really quick form: just name and email. If you get an email back saying you know you're confirmed and you're set, you can come to the show. Uh, and then as far as contestants, what we do is I pretty much leave it open. I have people reach out to me. So if people are interested in competing on the show, just go to our contact on the GUI site, let me know, uh, and we'll fill a time slot in for you. And we've been very fortunate. I mean, even, even two years ago, a lot of contestants come to us, so, uh, it's not, it's not hard getting contestants. And in fact, our big thing right now is getting, uh, flying people in from LA. Some of the more popular YouTubers or, or Twitch streamers are actually uh, we're flying them in to compete on the show. Oh, that's great. Um, the, yeah. uh, this is Jonathan from Gamerhead. Um, it, you you mentioned that occasionally you're looking to, uh, you know, feature different types of games on the show and and you work with developers and and such. Is there is there any way or or any any sort of need from you guys to have um, people who think they might have a game that's eligible that that would be perfect for the show? Is there any any way you would have them reach out to you to kind of submit that information or show that to you? Are you guys interested in that type of stuff? Oh, 100%. I mean, the show, and I say this every show, it's, this show is made possible by you guys, by people watching, by people competing. The, the GUI show is nothing without contestants, audience, and the games involved. So if there's, if there's someone who says, hey, I think this is a great game for the show, I developed it, we're more than happy to talk to them and try to make it work. Because that's, again, this is a very organic show, and it's, I like to call it controlled chaos, because a lot happens, but we do control it, and, and we want it to be an awesome time. So, if we can craft stuff like, you know, local developers, it, you know, it makes me happy. It sure makes them happy. Sure. And, and if, if developers were interested in submitting, um, you know, like, hey, this is the game I've created, I think it would be great for the show, where would you want them to send that to in case that were the uh, option? Uh, same thing. If you go to the site, say contact, all the uh, forms and all the messages go straight to me, so I filter through them. So the easiest way to reach me, go to the GUI, the GUI show.com and click contact and fill it out. And I, I reach out within 24 hours. Oh, fantastic! So, um, do you have any uh, anything interesting coming up on uh, and any uh, future episodes that's currently planned? Any uh, like are you going to be doing like themed episodes or anything like that? Yes, we definitely are in the in the future. We're definitely going to be doing theme episodes. That's a hundred percent. Each show we're adding we're adding a lot of unique stuff to the show. Each show that we do, we, like I said, we try to make it, it's almost like an obstacle course. So they're not just standing up there playing a game. Like they might have to, for instance, uh, people know this game Joust. 
and which is part of the Sports Friends series. It's the one where you shake the the PS Move controller, and it that's how you win. Okay. Uh, but, right, but we took it a step further on Friday, and we said, okay, everyone knows how to do that, but this is what you do now. So what we did is we actually did flip cup, and we hung the controllers by a string from the top. So once you once you had your cups, you had to quick run up and smack the other person's gals with their <laughs> controller. So and then, in fact, the first round they hit each other, like literally ran into each other, which was hilarious. So it's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and the other big thing too that we're really pushing is, you know, this is a big passion for us. We all have full-time jobs. We're trying to make this our full-time job. Uh, and we just launched a, a Patreon in our site. So if you actually click subscribe, we offer a lot of cool incentives. So everything's free. You can obviously come for free and game for free. But if you're interested in being a supporter, we have a ton of perks for doing that. Uh, you know, even private parties. In fact, even if someone gives us enough money, I'll tattoo GUI on my ass. So we we really you know we just we have a blast with the whole thing. Cool. So so it sounds like that um you know you know when you say like it's free for the contestants, it's free for the participant, aside from like these sponsorship perks. So how I'm just curious, how are you guys making your money? Are you sponsored by somebody else, or how is that working for you guys? Well, um, to give you an example, the good news is uh, the people we've reached out to, as far as companies, are very excited about the show. Uh, in fact, my clothing and I and I promote this is sponsored by Combatant Gentlemen. So all my suits and and vests and everything else is sponsored by them, uh, and we're in, and we're in talks with we're in talks with uh, some beer sponsors. We also have a an agreement with Emporium right now. So Emporium will actually stream the show at their bar on Fridays. They have a oh, okay. viewing party, uh, and actually, which is great because if if uh, people come to the show to watch it, uh, they give two dollar PBRs if you leave GUI and go to Emporium and say you're at GUI. Well, that's just perfect. So there's all, so, right. So we're doing a ton of things. I think, again, I, my background is in TV. I'm a, I'm a producer at ABC. So oh, I looked okay. at how TV, I looked at how TV does stuff and I just think it's barbaric compared to what we could do. So I didn't want to, I don't want to nickel and dime people to attend the show. I want them to have fun. I want them to drink for free, game for free, watch the show, say this is the best night of my life. And, and we, we work on getting money elsewhere. So that's why we, uh, we set up the way we did. Excellent. Well, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm a big craft beer fan, and so I'm uh, I'm excited to hear that you're talking to breweries. I assume that Arcade is on your short list. Um, being yes, Arcade. Uh, Arcade definitely is. In fact, our first our promotion before the first show, uh, Blue Nose Brewery, which is just I've actually known them. Ironically, they were part of the first show ever uh, two years ago. They were just a budding brewery back then when we were just starting, and now they've expanded. They have a huge. Uh, Warehouse in Hodgkins, Illinois, and they sponsored the first UI, and they'll probably come back too. And their beer is phenomenal. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I definitely agree. So, cool. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned that uh, this is this is the the first episode. The, you know, the, the Friday was the first episode recently. You've been doing this for two years. How how has the show changed over time? Um, and and what's made you decide to kind of reboot it and uh, you know start it over uh, as it as it were? So, when I first came up with the idea a couple of years ago. Uh, my my hope was okay. So we're going to make I'm going to make a I'm going to make an agreement with uh, you know a bar. I'll promote the event, and in return, you know the bar will get these people in here. They'll drink. They'll be part of the of the show. All we asked for in return was you know a space and a time and being able to do it. Uh, now, but there's two problems with that. Number one, the technology behind GUIs it's it's a lot. So what ended up happening was I was a I was a mobile control room. So there's a lot of moving parts, having to set up every week. And the other problem was um, we were getting a lot of people, and it was fantastic, but I ended up becoming a bar promoter more than I became the producer of GUI. 
I learned really quickly that a lot of bars and a lot of managers don't really know how to promote their own bars. Uh, so what ended up happening is I was ending up negotiating and getting them money and not focusing on GUI. So finally I took a step back and said, we have to really, we gotta, we gotta revisit this. So we took a year off and we raised a good amount of money and we built the studio from the ground up. And here we are four months later. That's fantastic. All three, uh, all three hosts for Gamerhead Radio at some juncture either have been or still are involved in production or have been in bands. And I can tell you, based on what you just described to me, that that sounds uh, almost like you were in a band. That's kind of <laughs> kind of what it's like to be in a band. You yes, know, exactly. That don't know how to. Play I, uh, it, you know, it's tough. right. I you know I um like I joked about that. That's really it. Felt like I was on tour all the time. You know, dragging all this stuff, doing the show. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it felt like. And I just, you know, we all agreed, you know, this has potential, but, you know, and also the thing is, having our own studio, we can do all this fun stuff, like have things drop on their heads, and we have smoke machines, and, you know, the, the, the giant wall in GUI is graffitied. So, like, that stuff you can never do at a bar, and now we're able to do it. Now, now that that studio space, is that something that you guys, um, that you guys, um, own or lease yourselves, or is that something that, uh, you know, you've partnered with somebody in order to secure the space for? No, it's all ours. Oh, that's uh, so the space the space is entirely ours. And again, if you know, if people are interested in like renting up the space or being a part of it, that's all part of our Patreon and subscribing. So if people raise enough money or they are they if they're part of our subscribers, we set all kinds of cool perks where you can have like bachelor parties there. Uh we can even host mini GUIs for people. Uh so it's totally our space and so we can do whatever we want with it. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, and it's easy yeah. to get to, too. It's right in Lincoln Park, so that's great. Okay, cool. Um, okay, cool. So um, is there anything else that, uh, that we haven't already mentioned that you want to make sure that listeners know about? Um, just I really encourage people to go to the site for this Friday. We, you know, we love to pack the house. So definitely please have them go to our site and click attend. You know, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to get in. And again, it's free drinks, free games, and you get to watch me shoot champagne at the top of the show, as I always do. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome time. Like I said, it's it's the best pre-game party you can possibly have in Chicago. Okay, thanks. Once again, we've been talking to Jared Hoffer from Gaming Under the Influence. Jared, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. And uh, I'm uh, I can almost promise you that uh, the Gamerhead Radio will be uh, coming to see you very soon. Yeah, absolutely. You guys should compete together. A little little theme party. Oh, that don't tempt us. <laughs> there you go. Sounds like a deal. Thanks so much, Jared. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Jared. All right, thanks, guys. Well, I know we said it to him, but again, um, thanks again to Jared for taking his time out for us. And man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Look, I I can't think of anywhere that I've ever had somebody look at me and say, hey, uh, been a generous enough host to say, hey, do you want to come down here and be entertained? Do you want to uh, have me put a drink in your belly while I entertain <laughs> you? And then have you laugh and enjoy yourself at this, uh, this place? Let's do this for free as you're attending the show. Um, if you can't make it down there, you can still watch the, the live show, the stream of the show. Yep. But something tells me that you're going to want to be there, you know. Yep. And and like he mentioned, it sounds like uh, it sounds like they are um, not having trouble. Um, they're they're not turning people away. So um, if it sounds like if you request to get in, you'll probably get in. So they've they've got the space for the amount of people that are looking to get in. So maybe uh, if it sounds interesting to you, maybe get in now before. You know, they really blow up, and they're they're only being able to fit in like a quarter of the people that that want to get in because it sounds like they might be at that point relatively soon. Sounds to me 
uh, Gamerhead Radio, local Gamerhead Radio listeners. Um, like maybe we need to march. We need to march <laughs> on Gaming Under the Influence. Go down there and uh, and uh, check out what they're doing. You know, yep. actually pay them a visit. So, uh, once again, if you're looking for more information on that, you can go to theguishow.com. And uh, they're, of course, on Facebook and Twitter and all that fun stuff. And uh, get more information, request in, and, and uh, contact links are all up there. So, for our second half of the feature this week, we, uh, we're talking about... Uh, we're going to be taking a look at some of the best video game marketing campaigns that have been out and some of the worst. Um, so, I've got, I've got a short list here. And uh, so, so first, taking a look at some of the better uh, campaigns that have been out there. So first off, do you guys remember uh, Bioshock 2, the Something in the Sea campaign? No. I, I missed this, and I'm a big Bioshock fan. So for, for Bioshock 2, um, to drum up excitement for the sequel um, to, to Bioshock, which was, you know, it was pretty successful, um, the, the creators uh, developed a website called Something in the Sea. The site was based around a fictional character, Mark Meltzer, who lived in the game's fictional universe. Players could send him snail mail, like actual physical mail, uh, and some would receive fake telegraphs, masks, or wine bottles back in the mail. Um, the campaign culminated when Mark sent out a letter calling for players to gather at different beaches worldwide on a specified date where, when they got there, bottles containing clues about the new game washed ashore into the hands of eager fans. So sounds kind of cool to yeah. start with. Like the concept sounds rad. So I have a feeling that there's a, a very big, uh, what the hell happened, um, to, to come here with this. So, so what the hell happened? Oh no, no. These are the good ones. These, these are the ones that were oh, actually successful. These are the successful <laughs> ones. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, well, no, what the hell happened was, is then they put out a bad game. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't call it bad. I yeah, would no, call no, it, I yeah. would call it, uh, um, a lesser mediocre yeah. subpar. Yeah. 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 Uh, I enjoyed it, but, um, that, yeah, that's a, that, that kind of thing is just right up my alley. And so yeah. like they could have, like drawn that on a piece of poo and I would have been like, this is the greatest piece of poo ever. And so that yeah. is, uh, that's unsanitary. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to touch it. Uh, that's was, <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. Uh, all right. So our next example of uh, successful marketing campaigns, uh, portal two. Um, so, so first off, um, uh, before, you know, a lot of people were expecting a second portal to come out. Um, and, uh, their, their expectations were furthered when they updated the original portal game with radios, which would have broadcasts with like little clues about things here and there. And then they further updated the original portal game, which had already been out for quite some time, um, with an additional ending. Yeah. Um, they, they expanded the ending to show, um, very mild spoilers for a very old game. But, um, when you made it out of the facility at the end of the game, you being dragged back in. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah, which did not happen originally. You were just laying on the ground outside sort of vaguely conscious and then it cut to, you know, fade to credits and that they changed it, but they didn't tell it. What was brilliant about it is they didn't tell anybody about this. People who just went back kind of getting excited for gearing up for the release of the second game to play it again. were like, Oh, what's this? Yeah, you know? they, they they patched the game, yeah. and the, the, I think if I remember right, they patched it, but didn't like say like you know like just like game updates, like yeah. no details whatsoever. There and was also people were able to find hidden hidden audio in in like on the PC versions of the game. You know, mm-hmm. people on the PC and PC gaming world, there's so many things that they tear apart and dissect and change and look into and dig into and f- always find this extra information in games. And people were doing that with some of the audio files that were placed in. Uh, when it was updated and they were finding audio in there that uh, 
had images like you could you could decode images out of the audio if you had certain like oh look at like a spectrograph and it would yeah, like draw shit something that was yeah, yeah. so far out of the realm of like stuff that valve put in there that said if people look at this awesome we don't expect them to but it's just in there yep and people found it and yep. we're posting up these these images that were pulled out of out of these wave files man and and like uh you know sound forms it was crazy man it was just neat so then they, they further expanded on this um, by releasing a, a bundle of indie games called The Potato Sack, um, which is, of course, a, a pretense, again, mild spoiler for an old game to the fact that Glados would end up in a potato. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, t- uh, to Steam as part of a viral campaign, players quickly noticed weird codes and puzzles in, in each of the games and linked them to clues about the release of the new Portal game. Solving the puzzles led players to a website which let them know more about the potato sack games that they played and uh, that you know about Portal 2 being released. Um, although the game was only released several hours, several hours early, uh, the stunt proved hugely successful and rousing interest for Portal 2. So people who completed these games actually got the game a little bit early, which was pretty cool. Um, so, uh, so that's an example of Valve being awesome. Uh, and another, and so my, my final example of a successful campaign, um, also for a sequel, it was for Halo 2. Um, so do you guys uh, know anything about um, ilovebees.com? No, no. Go. Yeah, I, I know you're not the biggest Halo fan ever, but uh, so so this is this is another example of of viral marketing done proper. Microsoft uh, commissioned an ARG or alternate reality game um, titled ILoveBees.com. Uh, they then they then sent out jars of honey to noted gamers with links to the website. Once on the website, players had to help an AI named Melissa who had seemingly hacked the beekeeping website. They could do this through decoding corrupted text, visiting real-life payphones at specific times to answer questions, and interacting with actors who would provide clues for the ARG. Uh, over 3 million unique visitors um, uh, made it over to the Isle of Bees site over a three-month period, and it reconfigured the viral marketing world as we know it at the time. Um, and so, th- th- you know, it's, uh, if, if you look at screenshots of this, um, like, you know, there's, there's this like very, very simplistic looking website, but then like, you know, just, it, just looking like somebody's like hobby, like, just like, like what you would expect a yeah. website called I love bees to look like, like, like a, like a geo cities website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but then apparently you could like, you know, like basically like, kind of like pseudo hack into the site to like find all this like hidden stuff. Uh, very, very, very cool stuff. I didn't know that that ever they ever had one for Halo. That was a little bit ahead of its time in that yeah, regard because they would, weren't popular then. Yeah, it's too bad Halo Two sucked. <laughs> I like Halo. Fuck the Arbiter. Anyways, yeah. Um, and so now let's take a look at some of the failed campaigns um, of uh, different releases out there. We will start with the Sega Saturn. <laughs> and, and that's where we're starting, <clears throat> folks. Um, so if you're not familiar, so Sega told the world that the Saturn was coming out in September 1995, a week before the PlayStation. Then, suddenly, in a desperate move to be first, four retail chains suddenly had the Sega Saturn in May. And people were pretty much given no, uh, no notice whatsoever. This, I, I believe this happened at E3. They basically said, the Sega Saturn, by the way, it's out right now, go. Is <laughs> essentially what happened. Um, history has shown uh, that a blind rush to be first is a great way to send confused monkeys and dogs into space, but it's not always the best marketing strategy. Uh, first of all, <laughs> it, it meant that only six Saturn games were available at launch, and all of them were made by Sega. When Sega told everyone the thing was coming out in September, that included the developers making video games for it. So, so as a gamer in early 1995, was looking at a Sega Saturn system that cost $399 and had six titles. You had Virtua Fighter, uh, you had Panzer Dragoon, uh, 
uh, Worldwide Soccer, Bug! Exclamation point. Uh, Daytona USA and Clockwork Night, which uh, which is widely regarded as to be the first 32-bit game to like make people cry because screw that game. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, um, bad idea, really bad idea, super bad idea, As, especially not telling the developers. I mean, what were they thinking? Um, I didn't know that. That is, um, how how the hell do you even operate that way? Like, how do you? How do you run a company like that, man? Well, apparently you don't, because... Because <laughs> uh, Sonic Boom. Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm forever and ever and ever. Yeah. It was a different time, fellas. It was a different time. It was. Time. But what... I mean, I, as I was a kid at that time, um, I was probably in junior high school at that point, and honestly, as a kid who knew nothing about the business of it, didn't necessarily care at the time about the business of it, I just cared about games, I wasn't... I was excited for it because I had a Genesis and a 32X, shockingly, did not buy a Sega CD. Um, I was excited for it, but when I started playing, you know, PlayStation games, and we're talking like launch PlayStation games, like, you know, uh, Jumping Flash and, you know, like <laughs> as ridiculous as Jumping Flash was, <laughs> it it looked better, played better than the, than the, the Saturn did. But also, I felt like half of what they put out on the Saturn as a kid, I could just go to the local arcade and play, which was fine. Yeah. Because I lived across the street from one. But it is not quite as bad as the uh, God of War 2 release party. Uh, now, go. Um, th- this I know this is going to be sensitive for you, so if you need to leave the room, I understand. Um, because the God of War 2 release party um, had an actual goat sacrifice. What? <laughs> What? Um, um, yeah. So, uh, so they held the party in a Grecian temple-like room and had the staff dressed in togas and women wandering the room and uh, naked except for a bit of body paint because that's a good idea. Um, and it was all fun and, and jovial and haha, look, it's like Greece until the uh, the main centerpiece of the party was brought out a actual, real, decapitated goat carcass. Um, which, of course, then matters were made worse when they suggested that attendees sample the raw entrails of the goat, because that is also a good idea. Um, what the hell? I don't even. This was... I, I feel pretty confident that in the world we're living in right now, if somebody tried to do something like that, they would have every activist on this planet crawling up their butt. Oh, that happened then too. Yeah. The um. Uh, yeah. Needless to say, that uh, even that this little stunt uh, put pretty much every animal activist um, up in arms, and um, apologies were issued, and uh, yada yada yada. And they they basically, I'm sure they came out and they said like, oh no, the goat died of natural causes. Like you know, it had rabies, and that's why its head was cut off. Yada yada yada. Um, goat. I, I assume you have some feelings on this matter. <laughs> One, leave us alone. Two, (laughs) says the man who launches a a goat to his death every single time he plays Goat Simulator, or theoretically should, based on physics. He's a fake goat. He works. But, but, like, I want to be in the room with these guys who are like, this is a great idea, because none of this is even an idea, let alone great. Nope, 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 nope. Um... And uh, in in a similar game, in a, in a similarly horrible idea of uh, of a marketing campaign, we have Dante's Inferno. Um, you and, mentioned this last week. Yeah. <laughs> so um, EA came up with a sin to win contest where they asked Comic-Con goers 
to a dinner and a sinful night with two hot girls, a limo service, paparazzi, and a chest full of booty. All that last part is a quote from the invitation. (laughs) Uh, To enter the contest, you needed to commit acts of lust by taking photos with the booth babes working at the Dante's Inferno booth or at any other booth babes at the show because let's bring other people into this this, this fabulous idea. Uh, These photos then had to be uploaded to Twitter, Facebook, or emailed to Electronic Arts with the appropriate hashtags because marketing. Um, The the contest details were written on the chest of a woman in fake tattoo and also offered to five runner-up prizes. Um, but if you read the rules, it says that the judges reserved the right to disqualify any submissions that are, quote, inappropriate for any reason, including without limitation for depicting or mentioning sex, violence, drugs, alcohol, and or inappropriate language. That is about as big of a contradiction as you could possibly make. Wait, did you just say you read that off a woman's chest? Um, p- p- parts of it, yes. <laughs> so what I'm doing, I legally can't do <laughs> yeah. while I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 keep in mind, you you are supposed to be taking pictures that represent the act of lust without mentioning sex. I they're confused um, and 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 misguided. Um, so so. so th- yeah, so, so so basically, yes, they, they wrote the rules on someone's boobs, named the contest Sin to Win with the objective of lust, and then said that they couldn't depict sex in their entries. So, sure, why so, not? So, yeah, <laughs> way, to, way to set the rules and then break your own rules. That's weird and confusing. I, you know... And, and and this is fine print too, so of course nobody read the fine print. No, and know. so so you've got people like going around like molesting booth babes because they were told to basically, yeah. and without knowing without without you know nobody reads the fine print, so they didn't know that they weren't told not to. And who yeah, reads was... boobs? <laughs> I'm sorry, like I don't just wander around con and be like, oh, what do you got on there? Oh, like rules, that's cool. No, <laughs> yeah, somebody and... somewhere. Yeah, that's. And that's that's. Did they hire the guy from Hustler to do the marketing? <sighs> and um, that you know, it's this is only one aspect of um, like pretty much every aspect of uh, of their their campaign. They they, they did an, uh, something like this for each of the seven deadly sins. Um, you know, this was the last one. They had other ones too. I forget what they were, but they were all pretty 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 pretty, pretty horrible. Bad. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. bad. Um, and so for a final slot in in the bad video game marketing, uh, it's pretty much just set aside for acclaim because acclaim, <laughs> as a group, pretty much holds the uh, holds holds the world championship belt around their waist for what the hell are you people thinking? How many, how many years running have they been champ? <laughs> oh well, um, so so acclaim was a publisher known for uh, primarily a bad games based on movies. Um, so they couldn't really build their publicity around design innovations or fun gameplay because they're crappy games based on movies. <laughs> so instead, they did things to, that no rational person would do and hope society's natural wariness of the insane kicked in. Uh, for example, to promote Turok Evolution, they offered $10,000 to the first parents to name their baby Turok. Uh, they weren't total maniacs, though. The $10,000 was in the form of a savings bond made out to the child because, well, you're going to need it if your, name's, if your name is Turok. Um, for Burnout 2, they wanted to pay your speeding ticket if you were caught speeding to the video game store for the release of the game. Uh, for Gladiator Sword of Vengeance, they wanted to create bus stop ads that also squirted blood onto the sidewalk. Uh, for Virtua Tennis 2, they wanted to paint real live pigeons and throw them into an actual Wimbledon game because <laughs> that's a good idea. Um and uh, yeah, and so in, in all of these situations, um, you know, somebody, somebody finally, with, with some sort of sense, some official, managed to keep these things from actually happening. Um, 
one of their schemes actually kind of worked out. Uh, a man attempted to break the world waiting in line record for the release of Turok Evolution, and despite that game being impossible, it, it just, just ridiculous, uh, it was going according to plan before he mysteriously disappeared. It turns out Acclaim paid him to be there, or, or more, more like he was a hobo they left in a canal with a with a, yeah, and just some, just some guy. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, whatever. Um but uh, but but the but the, the their crowning achievement of batshit crazy um, was <laughs> was paying off hobos is not number one. Oh no no sir it is not. <laughs> uh, their crowning achievement is uh, in an effort to create buzz for Shadow Man's second coming uh, was buying billboard space on human gravestones. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Um, um, so uh, of course the, the responses to this are what you'd expect. The church of England, um, uh, with, uh, basically responded in a way in, in as close to you can go to hell as they can being the church of England. Um, and, uh, so uh, pretty much everybody was like, no, you can't do that. That's, that's, that's a, just, just no. And so, uh, they eventually decided to laugh it all off as a joke and it didn't actually end up happening, but, uh, they thought about it. They thought about a lot of things and, um, what the hell? Acclaim. I can't possibly imagine why Acclaim is no longer in business. Um, yes, that. Good God. <laughs> and and all of these are the same, like, there's levels of insane, you know? <laughs> and these are all on the same tier. So I have to imagine that whoever came up with these promotions, it was all the same person. Yeah. It had to be the same person. That, that, yeah, that person that was senior marketing guy for a while and just kept swinging for the fences. You know what would be the best? Is if it was the same person at every one of these companies that just kept getting fired and going to the next company and coming with some batshit crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, that would be appropriate, yes. Unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, God. We got, that... It'd be amazing to hear in the office, oh, God, we got Phil batshit crazy, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. here we go, guys. We're going to be writing emails to we're blue in the face they fire him. Legendary <laughs> troll of the, the marketing world. Yeah, aside from everything that we've listed here, about the only other advice I can give to uh, well, so our, uh, Gamerhead Radio's advice to to game publishers and developers is one: don't do any of these things that we listed in the second half of this right Ever. now. Ever, and then also, just in case you were curious, do not invite Jamie Kennedy to your E3 briefing. Let's just yeah, just if you don't it, go to YouTube and look that one up, we'll we'll leave it at that. But listeners, uh, we asked you uh, what you would do if you were promoting a game, so let's see what you had to say. <laughs> So our mailbag question for this week was, we've seen both insane and amazing marketing campaigns for games. Uh, what would you do? Uh, tell us a game that you would be marketing and how you would do it. Uh, so first we have Carlton uh, suggesting uh, that his, his marketing campaign would be living through being hunted by him and get a free copy of the game if you survive, apparently. So, so then I, 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 had, I, I, I exchanged with him a bit on, on, on his post, and so... I asked, okay, what's the game? And uh, for the uninitiated, why would this be a challenge and an effective marketing campaign and being, you know, being, being hunted by him? And uh, Carlton's response was, that's the entire game, being hunted by me, uh, win, and you get to play again. This is hard because I'm crazy and own guns. Um, I'm frightened and um, will not be doing that. Um, um, I don't want to play. I don't want to play that game. Oh, come no. on. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a blast. Yeah, uh, you definitely won't be showing up to Nerf guns though. Like uh, this is Carlton. Yes, he, he has guns. he Live has rounds, big boy guns. Yeah, pretty yeah. big boy guns. Yeah. Um, so Danny Wasco, um, uh, his contribution was is, um, that he uh, I like geocaching and guerrilla marketing. So uh, it doesn't matter what the game is, you can 
make up whatever ties you need to, but websites with cryptic clues leading to more real-world clues hidden in plain sight. Not prizes, but go here and connect the dots using what you see kind of stuff. Uh, when it all resolves, you'll have multiple GPS coordinates, uh, except there will be one digit missing from the N and the S value. That's north and south, uh, in case you had to think about that for a second like I did. Um, each GPS coordinate will have uh, missing digits, but they will all be the same two numbers. Then, built into the game, you'd have to play to find the last two numbers, but since there are multiple GPS coordinates, there can be multiple prize locations. Then, when the hordes of people rush to the locations, presumably in the middle of the woods, far from accidental finders... They will find the prizes locked away with the key that they don't have and more clues about uh, which would lead to them to the warehouse where they would show up one by one and get stabbed to death by me. Wait, what? But <laughs> <laughs> That went sideways. It was was it was interesting and creative and possibly overcomplicated, but it's still still OK. And then, then he's killing people. And what, of, what happened there? A lot of murder in the mailbag this week. Yes. Yes. What happened is. Carlton hijacked the end of his posts. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, you've been hacked. Uh, um, Jesus, man. Uh, did not see that coming. What a twist. <laughs> That'd be amazing, though. You're like, I'm almost there. I have the key. Oh, I'm died. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> nice twab twist. And for, for our third Facebook response uh, from uh, Mr. Matt Elfring, uh, from uh, from the Comic Vine, uh, his, his, his idea is, uh, first, the game is the next-gen bump and jump, the soon-to-be greatest <laughs> racing game of all time. Closely followed by the original Bump and Jump. Um, Long-time listeners of the show will know that Bump and Jump holds a very special place in our hearts. And so um, I, I, I will be uh, uh, kickstarting this as soon as, as soon as well, as soon, well, I will not be doing the Kickstarter. I will be funding the Kickstarter for this as soon as it happens because um, next-gen Bump and Jump, virtual reality Oculus Rift style needs to happen. Uh, well, why, why wouldn't it? It sounds amazing. Uh, so Matt continues, the campaign is very simple. I will get an official bump and jump car, travel down the Dan Ryan Expressway, and run people off the road. Okay. Uh, if their car crashes, <laughs> the official bump and jump road team will come to the rescue and hand out flyers for the brand new game and a code for DLC for a different car skin of MSRP at $9.99. Um, <laughs> you're probably thinking, hey, Matt, you idiotic moron, you're endangering people's lives and damaging people's cars. No. So um, what you're saying is you work for a claim. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, first, idiotic moron is redundant, he points out. Um, second, these people wouldn't know about the game, but by now they totally will, and instead of fixing their car, they'll buy the game. Uh, third, fuck you for questioning me. What have you ever done with your life? Fourth, follow me on Twitter at Inferior Ego. I just um, put it together, man. I just put it together. Matt Elfring was the person working at a claim. came up with every one of those promotions. I'm on to you! I'm gonna have to go look at his LinkedIn to see if I can verify <laughs> that because that's um yeah that 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 Making would make sense. all the sense in the world. And knowing yeah. Matt, that would make a lot more sense. Actually, <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure that the the failed campaigns we mentioned that all of them were were the the acclaimed ones were definitely Matt. Um, <laughs> I, I'm based on what we just heard from Danny Waskow, I'm pretty sure that. That, that at least one of the promotions was run by him. And I'm, I'm guessing the uh, yeah. the God of War 2 promotion was a Waskow production. Unfortunate. <laughs> Welcome to this party, and now we're going to kill this animal. <laughs> if he's the one that put that together, though, how do you think? How do you feel about the fact that he knows you? Maybe, he let me he's, play maybe this... he's now he's trying to put your head out on something. <gasps> nah, he let me play with his VR and didn't stab me, so i got to trust the guy. That's true. And uh, we have a late voicemail <laughs> entry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> Uh, so um, I haven't. Uh, this just came in, so uh, we'll go ahead and play this now. And um, I don't even know who this is yet. But uh, let, 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 here, here's our voicemail. John Tiago. 
you Philistine. Shemway? Shemway. <laughs> okay. I listened to the episode a little bit late in the week. Finally got around to it. You called my beloved Shenmu Shemway, as in Amway. Oh, my God. Okay. You know what? You can call Mortal Kombat X Mortal Kombat 10. You could do that. You don't get to mess with my Shenmu. I don't even have words to say. I when <laughs> that's what you grew up calling it, and that's what you'll always call it. Okay, I'm now gonna mess with things that you love. Your Final Fantasy will now be known as Fennel Fantasy, and Batman. No, that's gonna be now known as Batman. Goodbye. Well, um, you've uh, pissed somebody off. That, that caller did not identify himself. Oh, um, oh, I know who that is. Uh, who, who, um, look, man, it's it's never a good thing, especially when it's when I'll quote Scott Pilgrim when you're airing your sexy laundry. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan. That's Mr. Ryan on. I, oh, Ryan! Philistine gave it away. It's always a tragic. It's always a tragic. Uh, no, what gave it away was he called me John Tiago. Um, it's always tragic to lose a friendship. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I just ruined my uh, my years long friendship with Mr. Ryan on one time co host uh, Mr. Ryan on. That's amazing. Um, so why did you and John depart? His uh, pronunciation. I'm sorry that I messed with your shinmu. That sounds disgusting, by the way. Um, Shinway, Shinway! I will never back down. I fear no retribution. I do. Wow, you might as well just throw out the uh, the double dragon thing at him too while you're at it. Good lord. <laughs> Huh. Moving on from this this, this concerning uh, new development. Um, Shenway. Uh, I think we have a show title, folks. Um, <laughs> for our songbird email of the week, uh, she writes in, uh, Dear Technotronic Girl and Goat and Fallon Flynn, mailbag answer for Yoshi's Woolly World, Nintendo could partner up with some big uh, named craft store and give free classes to teach people how to make patches with Nintendo themes. That or design a piece of fabric so it can be woven into a quilt which Nintendo would give away in a contest or to be given to charity. Or if it was uh, like uh, for Animal Crossing New Leaf, they could ask several mayors to allow gamers to take their roles for a day and see what it's like to run a town and to eat pickles. She lost me at that last one. I haven't played the game. But um, thank you, Songbird, for being the only one to take this seriously, apparently. Um, but um, I, I, don't, I don't know if we need people who play Animal Crossing acting as mayor for a day. Well, uh, what, what, what was the, 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 the guy's name that you owed money to? Uh, Nook. Um, Nook, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's where the problem is because... But he's not the mayor, though, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I know he's like the mob boss, but he's no, not No, like he's the, the mayor. Oh, is he the mayor? He's like the daily of... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's not a good comparison. Um, uh, no, that's but, a great comparison. <laughs> it's an apt comparison. It's not a... You, you get me. Um... But no, good suggestions. Uh, she goes on to ask, um, are any of you or anyone you know uh, planning on going to the PlayStation Experience thing in the theaters this year? Yes, if, if anybody is planning on going, uh, let us know. Uh, we, we might be able to dub you an uh, official uh, GamerHead correspondent for the day. Um, so if anybody's uh, planning on going and would like to report back to us on your experiences. Um, There's a pin in it for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> And maybe more, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Gamerhead Radio uh, proper will not uh, be in attending because we're going to be uh, you know doing our, our newsroom coverage um, you know here at uh, here at home base. But uh, but yeah, should be uh, should be a good time for those that are going to go. All right, so uh, John, what do you have coming up this week? 
this week, you know what? I'm going to try and slow it down a little bit and just get into playing uh, some games, really digging into some new stuff. Like I said, I've been talking about a lot of the same stuff on the show, so I'm going to start trying to play uh, play some different stuff. Um, I bought, uh, it was on sale on Steam, I bought uh, Sherlock Holmes Crime and Punishment, which got really good reviews, actually, surprisingly. So I'm going to try and dig into that because I love me some Sherlock Holmes, man. Um, and then uh, that's it. Just trying to keep it simple, recover from this show. All right. Goat, what do you have coming up on your schedules? Um, just getting wound up to leave for Warped in uh, a couple weeks here. So, I mean, I, I've been... As we get closer, my schedule gets crazier and more demanding because everybody thinks that going on tour is a fun thing, and it's work. It's well, it's not just like a vacation. You're not just hanging out with rock stars and partying and drinking. Yeah, That's, no. And we're, we're, I mean, we're, do, we're sitting... You know, I could stop at everybody's <laughs> houses and go to all their, you know, their uh, tourist stop recommendations. Yeah, I got... Tons of time. No, <laughs> it's nothing like that. I see the back of a lot of venues. <laughs> so that's about all I got going on. Charlie? Um, so uh, first of all, on, on the Gamerhead side of things, I'm just like to re-remind folks that uh, for the week of E3, our format gets changed up. And we're going to be doing things a little bit different. Um, so the weekend before E3. Uh, so, so normally, you know, our shows typically go up sometime on Tuesday, usually in the morning. Um, so for the week of E3, we're going to be having three shows for you. Um, the weekend before E3, uh, so sometime that like Saturday, Sunday, um, an episode will be going up that's going to be us talking about our predictions. It's not going to follow the normal show, show format. It's just going to be us just basically saying what we think is going to happen, what we would like to happen, and just uh, you know, just us, us t- talking a little bit about that. Um, as close to as possible, as after the main press conferences have happened and the majority of the news is out there, uh, John and I, and uh, because Goat will be on the road at this point, um, probably uh, maybe a guest host, we'll get together and we'll just basically break down just the news. So, um, you know, if, uh, if you're limited on time or access and... Um, you know, just would like a, a summary of all the press conference news and everything. Uh, you can come to us for that because our news roundup episode should be able to give you everything that you'll need to know from all the major conferences. Um, and then finally, the week after that, uh, we will get together and we will basically just have our reactions to the news. You know, after we've had time to digest everything and um, you know just process it and like you know see what we think after the dust has settled. Um, you know, we'll uh, that will be that episode. We'll um, declare a quote unquote winner of E three because. We're press, you know, we're press, so we have to. Apparently, um, <laughs> it's going to be a busy week for us, but it's going to be a fun week for us because uh, E3 is like our Christmas every year, and uh, sometimes Christmas is horrible, and sometimes it's fantastic. And so, uh, we'll looking forward to seeing which way this one turns out. Uh, on a personal note, um, once again, um, you guys are gonna, you know, it's uh, less than two weeks away now from MLP MSV for me. Um, so that week uh, from the. Uh, brain just broke from the 12th to the 14th um you know of june uh, i will be uh, uh up in uh minneapolis st paul minnesota and uh it just just in in my own little personal northern pony paradise and uh so it's uh, it's gonna be a fun time really looking forward to it again would absolutely love it if anybody up there would uh give me a gamerhead high five um that would uh, that would kind of really put the cherry on top of my weekend um but um but yeah, it should be fun. For my beer of the week, um, I know I talk a lot about um, like local and limited um, like to Illinois releases. So uh, just branching out from that a little bit, uh, one of my favorite Belgian quads uh, that that uh, that anybody should be able to find um, in in anywhere in, in most of their local liquor stores um, is uh, from uh, Omegang, and it's Three Philosophers. Um, 
It's uh, previously, I think this is the first year that maybe the second year that I'm aware of that it was sold in uh, four packs of 12 ounce bottles. Previously, it was only sold in the 22 ounce bombers. But uh, this is a um, this is a this is a quad that's 98 uh, percent you know, regular ale, but then two percent of it is um, is uh, brewed with cherries. And so you get a little bit of that fruit in there. Um it's uh, it's uh, it's a stronger beer. It's at nine point seven percent, and uh, you know it's very rich, like very deep in flavor. And it's a Belgian, so it's got a lot of that you know that that you know bowl that that prominent yeast character to it. But the uh, the fruit of like the you know, like the quad side of things um, really uh, really brings it out, and it's uh, it's a it's it's a very smooth drink. So uh, three philosophers by Omegang. That's uh, that's my my beer of the week. So for next week's show, uh, three gaming tournaments happened this month in the Chicagoland area. Uh, we had Combo Breaker, uh, which is a, primarily a fighting game uh, a, a tournament. Uh, we had uh, the Nintendo World Championships qualifier, which is uh, they brought back from the dead and uh, is not quite what some people expected, it seems. And then we had the T20 tournament back at our old friends of the Galloping Ghosts, which uh, apparently was a tournament done in every right way possible. So uh, we've got the three different, very uh, three very different ways to look at doing tournaments, and so we're just going to kind of take a look at those and to see what we think. And so our question to you is going to be, um, I know we've talked a little bit about tournaments in the past, um, but uh, we're asking uh, what uh, what would it take? What what kind of gaming tournament would you be interested in entering? Uh, what would it take? And, um, you know, because you, you see a lot of gaming tournaments focused around uh, like MOBAs and fighting games and things like that, but just uh, open up to any kind of game. Uh, what 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 would your ideal tournament be? Uh, what would you want to enter? And uh, what what would you find to be interesting also to watch? Um, in case those answers are different. And in addition to that, uh, we are going to be recording our predictions episode next week as well. Um, so please let us know what are your predictions for this year's E3? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, what do you hope happens? And um, just all things in between. Uh, so let us know uh, what you expect to happen at uh, E3 2015. And uh, we will include that with our thoughts next week, which will also be further notable because it will be goats send off into the, uh, the wild unknown that is warped tour. So uh, that'll be uh, interesting. They're turning the goat remote as well. Yeah, it's definitely, it's going to be the festival version. Yeah. A lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that for next week. And so if you've liked what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I'm at T-E-K Charlie. Goat is at Sir Goatsworth. John is at The Fallon Flynn. Email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com or call in and leave us a message at 94926Gamer. Download the official GamerHead Radio app from Google Play on Android or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice. Thank you very much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Gamerhead Radio. You guys keep taking the good ones out the market and be like me, I'll just That's live a, in a hole. No, I'm telling you, there's a With wrought iron fences. There's a, there's a little she goat floating around out there. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> waiting to just ram you in the head. <laughs>
Uh, and also in the cranium. Uh, oh man, <laughs> smells like smells like Easter egg in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that you know what we did this week in gaming, let's see what the industry did this week in gaming.